This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Onside Kick here on Most Valuable Podcast. Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we are back to bring you yet another week of NFL news and topics. And Mark, this past week, we, we saw a great week. I mean, Dak Prescott, I'm going to do something that uh, I've done in the past, and it pains me to say, but I got to give the young kid a little bit of credit. Went in, beat the Green Bay Packers, a yep. Green Bay Packers team that Helped isn't what off. it is before. That's kind of like my backhanded, my backdoor comment to Dak Prescott. The Bears gave up a big lead. The Raiders finally lost their second game of the year, and the Patriots just kept rolling. But the biggest news coming in, Big Ben, he's out for the or he's out. I almost said out for the year, but he's out for a couple games, it may be. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely not going to be out for the year. Um, but I think that... The the thing I said to you right before this, um, mm-hmm. there's kind of a mixed timetable right now. They say maybe he's only going to miss one game. Maybe it'll be a little bit more. Uh, my response is that he doesn't bounce back like he used to. It's not like the good old days where Big Ben has injury upon injury and he's still out there taking hits. Uh, that doesn't work anymore for the man. He's a little too old for it. So it's tough to say. Uh, because he, we are so used to Big Ben saying, no, I'm hurt, but I'm still going to go out there and I'm still going to play. But when you're almost 35 right now, you're 34? Yeah, you just can't quite do it. Um, so I don't expect him to miss much, but yeah, he definitely needs some time to heal now. And we're going to get into Big Ben. That's actually the first thing we're going to talk about on this podcast. Also, we're going to look at the NFC North, basically. We're going to take a look at what is wrong with the Green Bay Packers and then... We were going to, I had a topic proposed about, oh, mm-hmm. should the Cowboys trade Tony Romo? But me and Mark discussed it. We talked about the Cowboys last week. It seems like we're we talking talked about, about them a lot. seems like we're talking about those two guys. The we're answer give, is just Dak Prescott needs to be your starter. We're, we're That's gonna, the answer. We're going to give the Cowboys a break. Jerry World is going to be fine with us. Instead, we're going to end the show with some uh, talking about Da Bersh and of course. Uh, What's going on in the city of Chicago? But if you guys want to hear that Tony Romo discussion, let us know down in the comments, and maybe we'll do it in a future podcast because you know that discussion's never going to go away. away. But let's dive into that Big Ben discussion. And like you said, Mark, he did have the atheroscopic knee surgery this morning as we're recording this podcast Monday night. And the good thing that the doctors were saying was it wasn't a complete repair of the knee. It was just a little bit of a cleanup, which means the the recovery time is going to be less. He's not going to – right now there's no exact timetable for his return, but what they're thinking is he's going to miss this week against the Patriots. He'll have the bye week to heal up, and then after that bye week, it's basically, okay, let's see if you can get ready to play the Baltimore Ravens and kind of take it from there. I'll ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think we see Big Ben suit up in two weeks? Well, three weeks it would be because of that preparation week against the Ravens. Yeah, I can see him coming back for the Ravens for sure. I mean, obviously he's out for the Patriots. Uh, and that's unfortunate because the Patriots are going to easily beat the Steelers without Big Ben. There's not, there's really nobody who's competing with Tom Brady. Is it really the 
Patriots that are going to beat him, or is it Tom Brady? Tom Brady's beating beat him. Yeah. Tom Brady does what he wants. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it, can we see him against the Ravens? Yeah, I think we, I think we can. Uh, we're gonna see how how far he, you know, how far along he goes. But to to be fair, it's not a joke of an injury. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. mobility killer right there. Anything well, with Adrian your legs. Peterson had the same thing—a meniscus injury. Yeah. Anything with the legs, anything with your knee, uh, that just limits you so much like yeah he can still throw a ball but he can't get that full motion that Mm -hmm. he needs uh especially starts to make him just kind of hesitant that's what you don't want to see so that ravens game unfortunately they really need to win that ravens game they got to win the away game at the ravens because they get a home game late and you know that will probably be important right now pittsburgh four and two the uh, baltimore ravens three and three the fortunate thing for the Steelers, they've got a very powerful offense, and they've got a good defense. So they can hold up well against any team. You know, of course, probably not against the Patriots because of Tom Brady. But they, they're going to hold up well against any team. Landry Jones just needs to not fuck it up, right? Well, and Landry Jones, I'm looking at his, I'm pulling up his stats from last year. And he played in seven games, but... Let's be honest, about one, two, three, four, five of those games were garbage games. He had like six passes, four passes, zero passes in two of them. The big one that he played the majority of was the Chiefs game last year on October 25th, almost the same time of the year that we are right now. And in that one, the Steelers lost 23-13. to He went 16 of 29 for 209 yards, a touchdown, two INTs, finished with a QBR of 20.7. And, I mean, looking at that, I mean, if you needed any more reason to see why the Patriots are going to win this game in Week 7, you look right there. You look at Tom Brady, you look at this team. and This injury kind of is a huge damper as a foot. Like, is me as a general football fan – if I put my Viking fandom to the side and look at this game as just a general football game, this injury comes at the worst time because this is the game where really in the off season, I know I had them getting upset in the playoffs. You did not. You had the Steelers. I want to say you had a Steeler-Patriot yeah. AFC championship game. This These were the two teams that everyone was saying, you know what, these are going to be the ones fighting for AFC supremacy this year, and now we don't get to see that until maybe a playoff matchup if they meet up again because Big Ben gets injured. We'll probably see a Patriot shellacking out there, but I agree with you in the sense that Roethlisberger needs to play against the Ravens because the more Landry Jones plays... I'm not saying that Landry Jones is a bad quarterback, but he's not Big Ben. Big Ben makes this offense go. A fun fact that I learned today, Antonio Brown has not caught a single pass from anybody not named Ben Roethlisberger. That's what they said on NFL Live today. So he's always had Big Ben, and Big Ben needs to come back to make this offense go because the Ravens, they're they're a better team than many thought. And in Week 7, they're playing the Jets. They're going to be on the road. Right now as we're recording this, the Jets are down by, I want to say it's two touchdowns to the Mm -hmm. Arizona Cardinals. There's a good chance the Ravens could win that game in New York before they get a bye Week 8 also, same week the Steelers have, and then boom, both, both teams are coming in rested 
for that week nine matchup. And Big Ben to me, I, I have this feeling that what it's going to be is he's going to try to play that game. I feel like they're going to keep him out for that Raven game. Should they? Probably not, but I think they're going to keep him out. I think the first game we could see him back is week 10 against Dallas because how I kind of feel that I'm putting on my, you could call it the tinfoil hat, the crystal ball hat, whatever you want. If I'm looking into the future, he misses this game. I think he's going to miss the Baltimore game. They will lose that game without him. And after losing two straight, they're going to kind of force him a little bit or he's going to feel forced and come back a little bit sooner against that Dallas team. Yeah, I think for uh, Big Ben, I, I think he kind of has to come back for the Ravens. I think that's what's going to be really the driving force to get him back, um, especially after Landry Jones. I can't imagine that Landry Jones is going to do anything against against the uh, the Patriots. You know, the idea for a guy like this when you got a backup coming in who is not – I mean, sure, he's been around in the league for, like, what, four years now? Mm-hmm. He's been around for a while, um, but it's just going to be so simple. It's checkdowns. It's safe. We're not going to take any risks. We're just going to hope that the playmakers do well. We're going to hope that Bell can step up and lead this team. Do you think they team. lean on Bell a little bit more against 100%, the 100%. 100% they're going to lean on him. I mean, I, I love that because I have him on my fantasy They're team. literally going to put the entire team on his back, dude. <laughs> hey, so, I'll take it. I will take it. As it's, long as he gets me some fantasy points. Yeah, it's going to be, well, of course, the Patriots know that he needs, you know, he's got that team on his back. They need him to do well so they can stack And then the all box. I need is about a touchdown or two. That's all I need. We'll see. <laughs> um, so I think the things you can expect out of Jones is great accuracy and a high completion percentage, low yardage, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, I doubt we're seeing him over 250 yards. Highly, highly doubt that. Well, and it's going to be interesting with this. This matchup is interesting for a quarterback like Landry Jones because of how the Patriots manage a game, how the Patriots mm-hmm. prepare for a game. They're going to be trying to keep him under 200. Well, it's one of those and things where what I, think is, what I think is going to happen in this game, and it has nothing to do with Landry Jones, just looking at the Steeler defense, Tom Brady's going to do what he did to the Bengals last week. The Bengals last week said, okay, we're going to double-team Gronk. We're, we're going to put a linebacker on James White in the backfield, and we're going to try to stop you that way. Well, James White had a fucking great game, and Tom Brady said, hey, you know what? You're going to take away Gronk? Cool. I don't have to throw the Gronk all the time. You're going to put this slow linebacker that's got to run to try to catch up to my running back swinging out. I'm just going to hit my running back for a couple touchdowns. White had a great day, especially if you had him on the fantasy team. So what I think is going to happen is this defense is going to do that. They're going to say, okay, we're going to take away Gronk. Brady will find other things. But this Patriot defense is going to say, hey, we're going to, we're just going to load the – I would say, hey, load the box and make Landry Jones beat you with his arm. And the only way Landry Jones is going to beat you is if he says, you know what, I'm locking on to Antonio Bryant – or Antonio Brown, pardon me, and me and him are going to win the game. Yeah. Because – Really, with Landry Jones, you can throw it. You don't have Martavius Bryant out there. I mean, you could look for Sammy Coates, but really, it's going to be give the ball to Le'Veon, give the ball to Le'Veon. Okay, they're leaving a little bit of Antonio Brown out there. Let's try to get the big play. Yeah, there's not going to be any uh, trying to get the big play, though. They're going to go well, safe. What's going to happen? 
Yeah, they're gonna. Well, I, they're not even gonna try it. I really don't think really? they're gonna try it at when, all. When backup quarterbacks come in for like a game or two, coaches never try it. But does it change a little bit because he's been in the system for four years? No, they never try it. Look, just last year when we saw, you know, we saw people like Whedon going out there, a guy who's been around the league for a while, and what did he do? Check down, check down, check down, nothing. Exactly, you get little, little, little bit. And you never go far. And defenses know this, and that's what they do. They just don't risk it because they don't trust the guy. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. They're not going to trust him, and they're just going to hope for the best. They're going to dink and dunk a couple of times and hope that Bell can pound it up See, or ha- let Bell get it up a couple, you know, six yards and hope that you can throw for four. I'm not completely sold on the dink and dunk. I think it's going to be more of a they'll take a shot here and there. But I think it's going to be more than a dink and dunk because we look at, I'm going off of that one, of course it's one game because that's the game he started for Ben Roethlisberger. But against the Chiefs last year, you had Le'Veon Bell, 17 carries, 121 yards. So over the century mark for Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown had no touchdown passes but had six catches for 124 yards. They also had Martavius Bryant who got a touchdown pass but only had 45 yards. He's not playing this game, though. Also, Marcus Wheaton, not there. You got Sammy Coates. Then you got Landry Jones. What was his average per completion? About seven yards. So not a complete dink and dunk. Like, I think they're going to go, you're going to see that, okay, we're going to try to throw it past. Because when I think dink and dunk, Mark, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like the Dallas Cowboys. Let's throw it five yards. Let's throw it under that um, yard marker and let Cole Beasley run. I think there's going to be shots. I'm not saying like 50 yards down the field, 25 down the field. I'm saying like shots like 14, 15. Like shots that are at least past the first down marker because there could be times where Le'Veon Bell gets a little stuffed at the line oh, and, doesn't, and doesn't get you that third and short. It's kind of like a third and long, third and ten still. I still don't think they're really going to go for it. I think they're going to trust playmakers in that situation. I just think back to last year. I mentioned Brandon Whedon in Dallas, Jimmy Clausen in Chicago, Luke McCown mm-hmm. in uh, in New Orleans. You know, all these guys who would come in for a game or two. I mean, really, Landry Jones is in there too, uh, who would come in for a game, maybe two games, and they would just kind of – inch their way up a little bit, and it wouldn't work out, and nothing would be successful. And we just had – do you remember last year with all these boring-ass games because we had these backup quarterbacks that were too scared and the coaches that wouldn't let them go for it? Mm -hmm. I see no reason to expect anything different from Landry Jones again this year to do anything different. I don't expect Todd Haley to really let him go when he's got so many great – options to get yards after the catch or to break tackles and to you know do it on the ground with bell and to kind of correct myself marcus wheaton is still in pittsburgh hasn't been playing though because of a shoulder injury so we'll see he was out last week with that injury he might be out this week again so i just wanted to clarify myself so nobody thought i was saying that he's not on the team anymore I want to end this discussion with this thing. I know that we said that always Ben, Big Ben's got to come back for the Ravens game. He's got to come back after the bye. Because it's dangerous territory at this point. Let's say, let's say he doesn't come back for the Ravens game. How many games? Let let me put this into your hands. If Big Ben had to miss a substantial amount of games mm-hmm. as a Steeler fan. 
how many would you feel comfortable with past that Raven game? So let's say he misses the Patriots, misses the Ravens. Mm-hmm. How many more from that? If you, Landry Jones is the starter. Like you could say if he if he misses this many games, I'd be comfortable anywhere past this, I wouldn't be. They'll lose to the Patriots. They would lose to the Ravens. They will lose to the Cowboys with Landry Jones out there. They can beat the Browns. The Colts and the Giants are going to be toss-ups depending on how those teams go. So that is my point right there. When we get to the Colts and the Giants. But if you lose those three games, Patriots, Ravens, Cowboys, you're already five losses. You are. But if you can beat the Colts, you can beat the Giants, you can beat the Bills. The Bills are on the rise right now. They They are. What, four games now? The Bills typically fall off in later later time. And that's a thing. It will be December. And that's a thing for, I know it's a different time of the year, but as of Mm -hmm. right now, looking at it, what they are now, they're on a four-game win streak, and they look like Rex Ryan has kind of called the troops together and kind of lit Mm -hmm. a fire under their ass. Yeah, I just expect the Bills to be the Bills and fall off mm-hmm. the way they like to do. But even the Bengals would be tough. And Bengals the would. Bengals would be tough in Cincy without a big Ben. But got, the thing about those then you games, got the Ravens again. The same. The thing about those last three games is those are all divisional games. Mm-hmm. So yes, they're tough, but you always have a chance within your division. And they're dog fights, especially maybe the one against Cleveland, mm-hmm. because I just wanted to make that pun: dog, dog fight, pound. dog pound. Yeah, you guys uh, get it. But the thing with that is, you know. Baltimore's going to be right in there. Cincinnati's going to potentially, you know, if they bounce back, going to be in the conversation too. Mm -hmm. So that's the time where simply beating the Bengals, simply beating the Ravens might be enough to get you that wild card spot, to get you that division win if everybody's stuck in the middle. And with Big Ben, it's for sure if he's going to miss substantial amounts of games, you're no longer fighting for the division. You are fighting for the wild card. Yeah, it changes it, to that immediately with Landry Jones. Ignoring the bye week, these next four games, if he's not there, you'll win one. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're lucky if you can squeeze another win out of it. Really lucky. If I'm gonna say this, if Big Ben misses that Ravens game, he needs to come back against the Cowboys. He cannot miss all of the next three games mm-hmm. and still have the Steeler yeah. team set up. Because I'm gonna go back to a tweet that our own. Sean Anderson put on the MVP account just last night when we found out that Big Ben was injured and going to need surgery. He said, huh, I find it funny. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the tweet in front of me. Oh, I find it funny that didn't I say uh, this team would go 9-7 and seven because they'd have to overcome injuries? So little Sean kind of throwing it in his direction from the prediction video, but this is where you guys let us know down below what you guys think. How many games is Big Ben going to miss? What can the Steelers do against the Patriots without him for sure? And do we see him back in the Steeler black and yellow for that Ravens game in three weeks? We're going to move on to a different shade of yellow. Actually, a team that uh, I want to say the last time the Steelers made the Super Bowl, they played this team and uh, they defeated them, the Green Bay Packers. And basically... It has not been, I mean, yes, the Packers are 3-2, and two, but still we are looking at this Packer team as to saying what is going wrong in Green Bay. It's it's weird. It doesn't make sense. Um, and people wanted to say, uh, you know, not too long ago that, oh, Aaron Rodgers silenced all the doubters. He's back. Uh, and then he went out and didn't perform that well again. So... 
I don't really know what the issue is. I have no answer for that. Um, the only thing I can say about it is I would want to ask a question to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is he having fun out there? Is he enjoying himself? Because his performance looks like the performance of someone who's just going out there and going through the motions. You know, we look at uh, a great deep ball yesterday to Randall Cobb that should have been a touchdown, and he sails it right over Mm -hmm. his head. That's not the thing that Aaron Rodgers does. So that's why I get that idea of, is he just going through the motions and just, eh, deep pass. Oh, a little too deep? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say the, I wouldn't say the having fun part. I would say the going through the motions because maybe it's a thing where, you start to believe the, I, I, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I can do it. And then just kind of going out there. I'm not saying mm-hmm. like the preparation part. I'm not saying that just Aaron Rodgers does it a little bit, a little bit too cocky because I look back to a player in Peyton Manning. What's the one thing? I know Peyton had a regression the last two years, but what's the one thing Peyton always did every single year in the league? His preparation. If you're taking a quarterback – just for his preparation alone, it's Peyton Manning. And I don't see the same thing from Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he's a little bit too cocky. You're thinking, that, uh, thing. you're thinking he can't handle the amount of uh, TV commercials he's been doing? He's not like Peyton Manning? Maybe he can't. Well, Peyton Manning's been doing a lot more transitioning to that retirement eh, He's been doing a lot for his whole <laughs> career. No, I think the reason I say I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is really having fun out there is because I want to bring point to Rogers, I Rogers. Yeah, whatever happened to that guy? He's I been gone know. for a while. Um, and then they did the bear commercial with the with the super yeah, fan. I know didn't who, work. I know who you are. Didn't work. Anyways, the the reason I'm saying this is because you know Mike McCarthy. We've all been saying it for a while. Mark, mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy needs to go. Is that a disagreement? Does Aaron Rodgers sit there and question his coaching? You know, his coach's play calling. Pretty damn sure he's questioned that play calling in the past uh, because there's been some real bonehead decisions. Is he upset with the Packers' way of never going into free agency and trying anything? Mm-hmm. Always just saying homegrown guys. That's the way we're going to do it. It works a lot sometimes, and lately it hasn't been working that well. Is he just not happy about the fact that he thinks maybe he should do like he should have more to his name? He knows he's the best quarterback out there barring maybe Tom Brady. He knows he's the best quarterback out there. And it's a fucking joke that the Green Bay Packers only have one Super Bowl to his name. Maybe it's a Green Green Bay thing. That's That's what what I'm I'm... bringing out. Is it the fact that, you know, is Aaron Rodgers just not happy playing in Green Bay? And not necessarily that it's Green Bay, but just in the general situation that he's in. And is that just something that simply is bogging the player down? Ricky, you know I like to get into the psychology of a lot of these players. But look at a team that gets defeated, you know. Look at a team that goes in week in, week out, and they lose games. And they just play like shit. You can tell when a team doesn't care anymore. And I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't care anymore. I don't think he's at that point. But I think that Aaron Rodgers is at the point where he's starting to let some things drag him down. And, you know, he's got his great moments, of course, because he's still one of the best out there. I'm going to say something. But it lets him not perform the way he should. I'm going to say something. I am going to give credit to the person who brought this little nougat to my brain and this thought to my brain is Dave Oster, friend here of Most Valuable Podcast and a part of Most Valuable Podcast. He made an interesting comparison to me when we were at dinner one night discussing Aaron Rodgers. 
and that is this. It's kind of funny how Aaron Rodgers right now is on a similar career trajectory. Trajectory. Trajectory to the man who mentored him, and I'm using air quotes because he didn't really mentor him. He just said get on the bench. Similar to Brett Favre. Brett Favre comes in, a little bit different, sat on the bench, third year or second year in third year in the league, second year with Green Bay, his first year starting. 90, he goes 93, 94, 95, that fourth season, wins a Super Bowl with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, a little similar, sits a little bit, gets his first starts, his first full season of starts in 2008. Goes 2008, 2009, boom, that third year, wins a Super Bowl. Right now, both of those are on, both of these quarterbacks are kind of, well, Brett Favre's done, we know what his career was. Right now, Aaron Rodgers is on a similar career path to Brett Favre in that sense. Early Super Bowl, early success, and then kind of fading off a little bit. Well, yeah. Not fading off, but I'm going to say fading into some mediocrity. I mean, it's kind of pathetic in a way, and I don't want to. I don't want to be too hard on Aaron Rodgers, but the man throws for the man throws the ball 42 times and doesn't get above 300 <laughs> yards. Uh, Aaron Rodgers having an even touchdown interception ratio that doesn't happen. That never fucking happens. Uh, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, he had a fumble in that game too. Um, Two fumbles, I believe. Was it two? I think so. It's just, it seems Aaron Rodgers just making mistakes that Aaron Rodgers doesn't make. And when something like that happens, you know, a lot of times we say it's like a shake of confidence or something like that. And I don't necessarily know if that's the case, but there's just something that it just feels like there's something going on in his head. He is not completely there. He had two fumbles, lost one of them. So it's so just, he did fumble the ball twice. It just seems like there's something going on there. Maybe he would rather be at home with Olivia Munn. I don't know what it is. Or with Psylocke, if you saw the new uh, X-Men movie. Yeah. Uh, and and I, mean, I don't want to get super hard on Aaron Rodgers because the world, I feel like, wants to just point the blame and say, it's a, it's a meltdown. He is done. You know, they want to have the witch hunt. Mm-hmm. Um Aaron Rodgers is fine. Aaron Rodgers on a bad day is still a better quarterback than most teams have no, on you the roster. You don't get rid of him because I know Bear fans, although you guys hate Green Bay, you guys would take Aaron Rodgers over Jay Cutler in a heartbeat. I would take that performance that he had last last week over uh, Brian Hoyer right now, yeah. But even over Jay Cutler, who's really the starter and number I one. I don't even on know what happened to Jay Cutler. Health, that guy's gone. A healthy he Jay been? Cutler. Would be number one in your depth chart. I wonder how that thumb's doing. And if you are a Bears fan saying otherwise, like, no, I'd keep Jay, you're delusional, and just go back in the corner and watch Mm -hmm. your dismal season. But I think think the blame's got to be put a little bit on Mike McCarthy because, I mean, yes, you can say, well, it all comes down to the quarterback, but really, what was it, two weeks ago, a week ago, we talked about coaches that could be fired. One of the coaches we talked about, Marvin Lewis, the biggest criticism we had against him was, oh, he's been to the playoffs this many times and hasn't won. Well, you're probably sitting there going, well, Mike McCarthy's won some games, Ricky. He's won a stupid Super Bowl. He's got a ring. So shut the fuck up and sit down. But when I look at it, gets to the NFC Championship game in 2007, loses to the Giants. Loses to the Cardinals in the wild card game in 2009. 
Yes, he won the Super Bowl in 2010. Then he loses to the Giants again in the divisional game, 2011, 2012, same thing, but the Niners. Then in 13, loses to Kaepernick and the Niners in the wild card. Then the Seahawks in the championship game in 2014. And then the Cardinals in the divisional game in 2015. So really that one year, I mean, he's been to the NFC title game twice. He's been to the divisional game a couple times. He's only played in the wild card game, I want to say twice within his career. But you look at all those times where he's been to the playoffs but haven't been able, he hasn't been able to beat those teams that are good. The Seahawks, Kaepernick's Niners, the Destiny Giants, I'll call them, or the Miraculous Mm -hmm. Giants, those Giants that are like, oh, well, fuck it, Super Bowl year. Yeah. That's the Giants teams that he lost to. And you could sit there and go, well, Ricky, it's just happenstance. But really, I look at it and go, how much drama have we seen around Mike McCarthy just in the past two seasons with the whole, oh, he's not calling plays, now he is calling plays, now he's not calling plays. I think eventually it's going to be, you don't put the blame on Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Aaron Rodgers needs to play a little bit better because like Stephen A. Smith said on first take, I want to say it was earlier today, he doesn't even recognize Mm -hmm. the Aaron Rodgers that we see out there each and every Sunday this year. I think eventually you got to look at it and say, hey, you know what? We've had some good seasons, but maybe Mike McCarthy's only had those good seasons because of Aaron Rodgers. Well, coaches get fired all the time when uh, it might seem like, oh, Lovey I don't know why that guy got fired. Lovey Smith got fired from the Bears for a 10-6 and six season. Harbaugh went to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He got fired a few uh, years later. But something I want to point out, too, is uh, you know another coach that was with Aaron Rodgers and got himself a Super Bowl ring was an offensive coordinator named Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin then goes on to be the head coach of Miami with a seven and nine and eight and eight, eight and eight, and then one and three before getting fired in 2015. Mm-hmm. Whereas Joe Philbin now he's with the Colts as their offensive line coach. So glorious things going on in someone who was associated with Aaron Rodgers. So, however, the tight end coach that year, Ben McAdoo. There you go. Uh, so the big thing here is you have P- although let's be fair Ben McAdoo's not doing that great as a head coach right now um he's i mm, i mean it is his first year Joe Philbin was 7 and 9 8 and 8 8 and 8 so he did all right too True. um i just want to point out that Aaron Rodgers makes head coaches look really good and the people who were part of that super bowl run on the coaching staff mm-hmm. aren't having the best luck moving on away from Aaron Rodgers now, of course, there's a huge difference between Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill, but I think it's just worth mentioning that Aaron Rodgers makes people look good. But Aaron, I don't want to talk about Mike McCarthy because I talk about Mike McCarthy all the time. Can I throw someone out, else out there then? Sure. I'm just going to throw it out see what you think. Could it be the departure of Reggie McKenzie? Reggie McKenzie up until, what, he was from 94 to 2011, Mm -hmm. was the um, director of player personnel with the Packers. After 2011, he leaves to become the general manager of the Oakland Raiders. A year after, the the season after, the Packers won that Super Bowl. And ever since then, the Packers have kind of been on a, not Mm -hmm. a decline, but on a, 
not as good as we thought they were. Well, personnel is obviously important, especially when a team is the homegrown kind of team. And now that's look at, why, like you said, where the Raiders are going. Yeah, that's why I want to mention uh, general manager Ted Thompson. Mm-hmm. Ted Thompson is really the guy who needs to be fired because he's the guy who's making these decisions. If we're going to fire somebody, let's go to the top. He's the guy who says we don't make splashes in free agency. We do not do that because we are the Packers and we are better than that. He is the kind of guy who says... Uh, you know, who agrees with this homegrown strategy. He's the kind of person who could easily go out there and get some support for Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers, even though he has some good weapons out mm-hmm. there, they're not – nobody's a top-tier weapon. It's not like he's got – now, keep in mind that Tom Brady makes everybody a little bit better, much like Aaron Rodgers does, but he doesn't have the weapons that Tom Brady has been able to utilize all these years. Imagine Aaron Rodgers – with a Rob Gronkowski and a Martellus Bennett combination mm-hmm. and the tight end. How would you stop that? How the hell would you stop that? So, you know, it's just that Ted Thompson, I don't think, and I know Packers fans would mostly agree with this, he is not having the right mentality to take advantage of the immense talent that he has been blessed with, with, you know, a Brett Favre and then moving seamlessly into an Aaron Rodgers to only to have two of the greatest quarterbacks of this era on your team in your franchise and to only have two Super Bowl rings to show for it that's sad especially when you know Peyton Manning can go and get himself a couple Super Bowl rings and we all say Peyton Manning had a lot of the same issues that the Packers have they do not build a team around the player well, and look at both you can say this for Peyton Manning you can also say it for Brett Favre Peyton Manning actually finished the job but you look at what those players were able to do. Both of them had kind of breakups with their first team, go to second mm-hmm. teams. For Favre, there was a second and a third, but the last team they ended their career with, Manning actually won a Super Bowl, and Brett Favre he was, was close. well, if he didn't run into some cheaters, he would have won a Super Bowl. If he Bowl. also didn't throw an interception, uh, he might have been If he there. didn't run into some cheaters, but I digress. No, let's let's uh, also he, admit that he threw an interception. If he didn't, if he didn't run into cheaters that uh, blatantly go mm-hmm. out there to try to injure people and shouldn't even play the game of football because it's fucking stupid. I digress, though. Go you on, do, Mark. but people down below remember interceptions happen. Uh, the other thing that needs to be said, of course, is when you, when you look at this and you look at these things, like we all criticize – the the people around Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't criticize Kraft and Belichick with Tom Brady, who I don't think anyone's questioning that they have utilized the talent they have. Well, because Bill in Belichick has built a culture along with Robert Kraft, well, all with Tom Brady at the helm. They're the well, holy trinity of the Patriots. They've got the culture in Green Bay. The problem is it's just not the same. They culture. don't support him with anything. The culture over in uh, in New England is really this the New England Patriots way of like we got this no nonsense type of thing. But we well, go like, out and we get players to come play here because people want to play like, here. Look at last week for example, Rob, Rob Gronkowski. He goes ahead. He gets into it with Perfect. He comes back to the sideline. There might be some teams that. Don't even go and give him a mouth like head coaches. Some of them don't give him a mouthful because he's Gronkowski mm-hmm. and he's above that. What does Bill Belichick do? Gives him a fucking mouthful because guess what? You're a player and Bill Belichick don't care who you are. Yeah. He'll give you a mouthful. 
And that's the kind. That's the big difference. If we're comparing the Patriots to the Packers, no, the that's Patriots, not the big difference. The Patriots that's have the a culture, the a winning a, culture. No, Packers have a winning culture. Not you can't say like the, the Packers don't have a winning culture. Not like the Patriots, though. I mean, sure, nobody in the history of yeah. the NFL, besides maybe like the glory days of the 49ers, I mean, of have course, a history. Of course, like the, the like Packers the, have a winning the culture. They're nothing like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, but the the thing that I say is the difference between these two organizations is. The Patriots go and get the best players. Yeah, like they and went they out make and them got Garrett like Blunt because they needed a rushing attack. They need somebody. They go get somebody who is good and who is going to. And people want to play on the mm-hmm. Patriots. People they want to traded, play for the Packers. They but traded the Packers for don't Reggie do. Moss. Reggie Randy, Moss. Randy Moss. Randy Moss. <laughs> Randy I, Moss is younger brother Reggie. <laughs> that didn't sound right coming out of the mouth and for a Viking fan. Yeah. Kind of feel but dirty. no, I mean, people would gladly play with Aaron Rodgers because they know they'll have success. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but the no, problem is that the Packers, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, yeah, they're and, not going to go out there and get the top tier guys because they aren't a team that is their culture. Mm-hmm. They're not a team that does that. They're the homegrown team because they're in Wisconsin and it's a team owned by the fans and literally people's backyards are Lambeau field. Well, and like, let's put it this way for, I want to say for this next game coming up, it's, um, James Starks is injured. So you want to know who their, uh, backup running back is going to be? Randall Cobb, he's gonna be backing up Eddie Lacy. Beautiful. It's like really yeah, go out and get a back, get a fucking backup running back. Although to be fair, Julian Edelman was like moments away from playing quarterback for the New England Patriots, so yeah, we do need to be fair. That's after three quarterback injuries. Not you could pull, you could pull a running back off the practice squad. Yeah. No, they got a they got a running back. His name is Randall Cobb. Uh, Although, to be fair, he does play running back every once in a while. A little bit. It's just that it's a trick play in that situation. It's not like an actual <laughs> thing that they do. Um, no, it's just, it's, th- we've got a little sidetrack, but I honestly think You think that Ted Thompson's the one that Ted needs Thompson to go. Ted Thompson needs to be fired. Mike McCarthy needs to be fired, too, but Ted Thompson definitely needs to go. He's kind of a mess. Um, you, It's just, it's criminal to have not taken advantage of two of the best quarterbacks of the generation. Um, and... I think that Aaron Rodgers would do a lot better with a change of scenery. It doesn't have to be a literal locational change of scenery of just give him some fresh new minds in Green Bay with a different way of thinking. I think Mm -hmm. that would just freshen him up. He reminds me of that coworker that you see who comes in every day, goes through the motions, does their job fine, and then just goes home. You know, the second they can clock out, they're already walking out the door. The car is started because it's just, I am here. I do my job. I go home. Right now, Aaron Rodgers is in that. I come here. I do what I have to do. I do it successfully. Then I leave. And I don't care necessarily what the success is. Yeah, he's going to sound good in his press conferences because the man knows how to talk to people. But you can just tell it's just, it's a defeated Aaron Rodgers, it's a defeated team in Green Bay, and I blame everything around him. Well, and we are going to end this discussion right here with you guys. I was way too much talking about the Packers for a Bears and a Vikings fan. (laughs) Let us know down below what you guys think about the Packers, what's the problem, who needs to go. Uh, Like, And it's weird because, I mean, I look at this season, and there are some games, the Jacksonville one, the Giant one, they could have lost them, and they could be— not three and two right now, but let us know down below what you guys think. Now we're going to move over from Wisconsin, coming back home to the city of Chicago to talk about the Bears 
And uh, a real team, basically, why a team this... that kind of, sort of, maybe has a winning culture. <laughs> if you go back really far, if you go back to about one year in 1985. Hey, right? no, no, no. The the Chicago Bears have a shit ton of championships. <laughs> Just happens that we don't care about anything that's not a Super Bowl. <laughs> they won a shit ton of championships before, before the Super Bowl existed. The, before it was the NFL. Yeah. When back when we had what the Chicago Bears and the Chicago Cardinals. Well, I mean, even. Even Those with the, the Chicago Cardinals being gone, the Bears, I might be wrong in this and someone can fact check me, but I'm pretty sure the Bears have the most NFL championships or one of the most, not the most, but one of the most NFL championships. Let's put it this way. They have a storied history. Partially because <laughs> they were there from like day one. Yeah. So that certainly helps. But the reason why this. That's a winning culture. The reason for you. why this topic was brought up was Mark, who's sitting across the table from me, texted um, our MVP kind of um, text group that has all six of us in it. And he brought up this article by Steve Rosenblum of uh, the Chicago Tribune. And the headline just says the most aggravating thing about this bear season. And Steve goes ahead and, or Mr. Rosenblum, I guess I should call him. uh, He goes ahead and rants and raves about this season and how bad it is. And basically it comes down to get John Fox the fuck out of here. Get Ryan Pace the fuck out of here. Hit the reset button. Let's go factory reset mode. And me as a Vikings fan, Mark, I'm going to let the Bear fan talk in a second, but me as the Viking fan, I kind of sit here and go, maybe you guys are overreacting a little bit with this fire John Fox, fire Ryan Pace talk. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Like, as a Bears fan, do you feel the same thing? Here's the issue that I have, is that people people want to, um, and by the way, I I did check it. Um, it didn't support my argument that much. Uh, the Chicago Bears <laughs> with nine championships, the second most uh, championships in history of teams that are currently in the NFL. Uh, Steelers have the most? No. Cowboys? No. Another team with a winning history. Packers? The Green Bay Packers with 13. Um, so they didn't really help. <laughs> didn't really make me feel any better. But talking about the Bears. Um, so, yeah, it, it's my whole thing with this is we're saying – the Bears are currently a bad team. The Bears have been set up to be a bad team, and it didn't magically fix with these new people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're saying that, hey, we just had this totally unstable time, and it led to a lot of bad things going on with the team and a, a bad team in general. So let's destabilize the team again and then hope that something different happens. I said it last week, Ricky. The definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Look at Cleveland. Yes. When you just do the same shit, when you're just constantly firing people and firing people and getting new directions, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. If you got one cook who's cooking a dish and then you get rid of him, bring in another cook, don't tell him what the previous plan was and say, all right, have fun cooking. He's going to say, what the fuck is this? I don't know what you guys were trying to do. What are these ingredients that I have? These aren't the ingredients that I would use. It doesn't work. If we were to fire John Fox now, if we were to fire Ryan Pace, then we're the team that has currently gone through three head coaches and three uh, GMs in the past six years. That's an issue. You can't be that team. You don't want to be the Cleveland Browns. Um, It's just let these guys do what they want to do. The NFL is such an instant gratification league now that somebody who doesn't perform well their first, their second year – 
you want to chud their ass and get them out of there, fire them right off the bat. Not crown their ass. You want to chud their exactly. ass. Exactly. You want to get them out of there and get somebody else in there and just hope that they, you know, magically become awesome out of nowhere. That's not how it works, unfortunately. You can't just put in a rookie, you know, uh, Russell Wilson. Or- well, I'm saying a, a rookie, you know, well, it was his second year, Pete Carroll, and a rookie Russell Wilson and suddenly have a great team. It doesn't work like that for most people. You have to let them build a little bit. Let Ryan Pace use his plan. And if three years or four years the GM's plan's not working, sure, let's get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Let's take a new uh, a new path. For the head coach, head coach gets a little less leeway. But you brought in John Fox. You brought in Vic Fangio because they are successful coaches with experience. They have a lot of experience. The The Chicago Bears wanted coaches that had experience and winning experience. So to say, eh, this team is bad. We know the team is bad, but it's not really getting any better. So bye. No, we know that this team is in full tank mode. What I really wish would happen is that someone would just come out and admit, hey, this team is bad. We are in a 100% rebuild. This is what happens in a rebuild. We have been rebuilding the defense. And the defense is doing decently, not great, but decently. Injuries certainly didn't help. Uh, Let's rebuild this offense next. That's the next part, and we can start to have a good team in a year or two. You just can't expect it overnight. And injuries certainly are problems. Somebody needs to get fired when it comes to strength and conditioning. Uh, But that's a whole different story. Well, and my whole thing with this is when it comes to just Ryan Pace and John Fox, because those were the two big ones that – Rosenblum talked about in his article, which I will put down below for you guys so you guys can read it if you guys haven't looked at the description yet for this podcast. Um, with Ryan Pace, I kind of like I I agree with what Mike Rankin said today in our in our group text of Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace gets a little bit more. I agree with Rankin. Four years, give him four years. It's kind of like a head coach mm-hmm. in college football college football you give them four years because when they come in that first year those kids that they're recruiting hopefully those kids become the seniors those kids are becoming the seniors by the fourth year so you get a sense of okay this is what his team is going to be this is what this head yeah so what's going to look like in the future you're not winning with someone else's product with the head coach the only thing i have that is kind of criticizing you can correct me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. John Fox was here before Ryan Pace came in, correct? Or did they come in at the same time? That was wrong. They came in at the same time? Ryan Pace got John Fox. Okay, Ryan Pace did get John Fox. So Mm -hmm. originally I was going to say you don't have your guy, but that's not the case because Ryan Pace went ahead and got John Fox. With that being the case, maybe give John Fox one more year. Give him, like, and I'm not saying, like, next year's got to do something or he's fired, but give him a third year because – the, the big thing that John Fox and this this analogy will fit for John Fox, John Fox in, inherited a quarterback. He inherited Jay Cutler, and I don't care what you say, Jay Cutler is a decent quarterback. He is a, the way I put Jay Cutler is if you're looking at it where, hey, at least we have a starting quarterback, then fine, you're happy with Jay Cutler. But if you're looking for a guy to be the guy to lead your team to Super Bowls, and be that champion, you're not happy with Jay Cutler. And John Fox inherited him. 
let John Fox get a year with the guy that he wants to bring in either through free agency because you're going to have some guys like a Kirk Cousins or through the draft. Let him get his guy. Yeah. That's the thing with the Bears. And I and I think the quarterback situation is a great one because you look at the quarterbacks that are out there and like sure they went and they grabbed Matt Barkley to stash him on the practice squad or let him be a third string quarterback you know and they went and they got Brian Hoyer because they thought that he'd be good to come in a game if they needed him and unfortunately they needed him a lot more than just a game uh, but none of these choices have really been a John Fox like this is the guy this is where I want to go so you got to let him kind of have that guy to fit his system because right now I constantly complain about how conservative the team is and that's just John Fox's style um and it works when John Fox has his team when he's got guys he's happy with it works out very well mm-hmm. problem is that right now like I said you know it's just not working because you got a guy like Alshon Jeffrey who they are happy with that they inherited who will probably leave at the end of the year and there's a great chance that that's going to happen but then you got a guy like Kevin White who's constantly getting hurt big bust right now looking like it's probably uh, I'm saying a, right now a bit though. of a mistake yeah. if the injuries continue to be a problem um, but at the same time then you have a guy who's an absolute hit like Jordan Howard Jeremy Langford those guys are doing great those were you know you're happy with those you're not going to win on every single draft pick, mm-hmm. obviously. And when you look at the, but the drafts have been a problem. Well, when you, but that's not Ryan Pace's problem because no, it's I'm Jerry Angelo it and then and, uh, Phil Emery. And that's the that thing, was the issue. And that's the thing I kind of wanted to bring up because while you were talking, I'll be honest, I was doing a little bit of research. I I started with the 2004 draft. Mm-hmm. So basically, when Lovey came in. And I went all the way to 2014, the last draft class before Ryan Pace. You have a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those draft classes where I think you didn't necessarily whiff on your pick, but looking at hindsight, you should have taken somebody else who would have been a little bit better. Better and yeah, um, of course hindsight is twenty twenty. But yeah. can can I can I run some of these? And of course, yeah. like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. But let's look back at some of these. Do you mind? Two thousand five. Who do you guys know who you took at? Uh, Just read them. Don't play that game. Cedric Benson. Some of the guys, mm-hmm. and this is some of the ones that went immediately after Cedric Benson. Adam Pacman Jones, um, Antrell Roll. Carlos Rogers. To be Demarcus fair, Antoine Roll did play for the Bears at one point mm-hmm. in time. It just happened to be like last year. Sean Merriman, who is a Twitter follower of Most Valuable Podcast. Hey, right. Sean. Um, Jamal Brown, Thomas Davis, and Derek Johnson, just to name a few. Those guys all went within the top 15. 2006, you guys went ahead and took with your first-round pick. You didn't have a first-round pick, but with your second-round pick, you took Danielle Manning. Guess who went right after Danielle Manning? Who? Roman Harper. Nice. A pro bowler. However, you did get a pro bowler with the 57th pick in Devin Hester. Of course. So maybe you kind of outweighed Those yourself the glory there. Days. Your first pick in 2008, you went ahead and took Chris Williams, offensive tackle Vanderbilt. Don't regret it for a second, Dewey Bears fans. Guess who went immediately after him who was an offensive tackle? Oh, wait, that's right. Kansas Chiefs' Brandon Alberts. Who went right after him? Just a cornerback called Dominique Rogers Cromartie. 
some of, some of the things you're whiffing on. And that's the thing with the Bears. Mm-hmm. Usually it's the pick that is right immediately after you guys. Here's another one. In um, No, that was the fourth round, so that wasn't right. But your first pick in 2008, major right, third round. Who, who was the next Pro Bowler? Emmanuel Sanders mm-hmm. by the Pittsburgh Steelers. To be fair, Major he, Wright was pretty good in Chicago. He with was Lovey decent, Smith. but uh, yet again, we said hindsight's what? Yeah, 2020. But the, the thing that I want to mention with that, though, is you can play that game with almost any, any team, team, and you're going to see that. But like this one, the 2011 draft class, Gabe Karimi, 29th overall. Mm-hmm. Who went right after him? Mohamed Wil- Wilkerson. Yeah. You also had Andy Dalton. You could have had Andy Dalton, too, on your team. Man, However, you Dalton. don't know what that... I know Mark is kind of like a... There was no eh. A.J. Green on the Chicago Bears. You took Shea McClellan in uh, 2012. Mm-hmm. The next defensive end off the board, two picks later, Chandler Jones, Pro Bowl. Basically what Ricky's doing right now, for anybody at home who's wondering, uh, he is explaining why the Bears have fired their last two yep. GMs. And then the last one, 2014, you took Kyle Fuller with the 14th pick. When you could have taken, I mean, I would have taken Ryan Shazier, even though he hasn't made a Pro Bowl yet. He went right after Zach Martin, C.J. Mosley. Mm. Those two have been Pro Bowlers. Really, Zach Martin, you could have shirt up that offensive line for Jay Cutler. It's a lot of things you could have done. Uh, you know, it, but I mean, all that sounds great, but you're just explaining why the Bears got rid of their past GMs. No, and that's and, and that's it was my, a situation where Jerry Angel was around point. for too long. And that's my point. Ryan mm-hmm. Pace has only been around. For two years, and I think another thing that's leading into it is you go ahead, you trade up for Leonard Fournette or Leonard Floyd, pardon me. Yeah, and Floyd hasn't performed well. Well, really, it's one of those things where we hyped him up too much. When really, do pass rushers really come into the league? And unless they're mm-hmm. generational talents, do they hit it right off the bat their first year? Or Definitely, does it take yeah. them a couple years? Exactly, and I, I think that's the. The big problem with the instant gratification is that everybody wants everything to mm-hmm. immediately be great. And we joked about it on this podcast plenty of times that second year, John Fox goes to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where you need to let this team build. We knew that this team was not the Carolina Panthers. We knew this team was not the Denver Broncos uh, that John Fox in the past had inherited. So we knew this team had more work to it. We got to let the guy do it. Uh, and we got to see how things pan out. Because, yes, we can say Kevin White currently at this moment right now looks like a bust, but you can't say that about a guy until we're about three, four, five years out mm-hmm. of the draft. you got to see a little bit more out of them. Sometimes people just take a little bit to bloom. I mean, you're thrilled with Sam Bradford as your quarterback. How long oh, did right it take now him? I am. Exactly. How long did it take him well, to be in a situation play, where it worked out? He didn't play week one. He didn't play week one because he had to learn the playbook. Well, I'm not talking then, about that. I'm talking about his career. Oh, yeah. How long did it take him to get into the well, right situation? He was on a shitty Rams team, mm-hmm. and then he went to a shitty And he Eagles got injured team. quite a bit. Yeah. So sometimes it takes a little bit to just get into the right situation. And now he's and learning, if you like, start hey, to build a team. Hey, if I had a little bit of fucking protection in St. Louis, maybe I wouldn't have gotten injured. If you start to build a team, mm-hmm. maybe a guy like Leonard Floyd's going to look great because he's got a well, actual supporting cast. And I want to bring in the Vikings a little bit to this. Mm, of course and you do. One thing that Bears fans might look at is they may compare themselves mm. to us a little bit because we right, wouldn't do that. Well, right now, Mike Zimmer's a guy where came in 2014, seven and nine season, third in the North. Mm-hmm. Then his second year, boom, 11 and five wins the division. Then right now, third year, five and oh. And 
like I wouldn't be surprised if there were some Bear fans that looked at that and went, "Why? What the fuck? Why can't like what's going on? Why can't that be yeah. us? We were six and ten in John Fox's first year. We should be running for a, a divisional title right now." However, the situations that are different. Yes, Mike Zimmer came in and didn't have too hot of a year, but he had Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson was on this team. I know. I want to say 2014 was the year that it was it 14 or 15. Adrian Peterson didn't play anyways because he yeah. hit his kid. But you had like that draft class is different. You had Adrian Peterson. We had Teddy Bridgewater that we went ahead and drafted. We had guys. There was the draft class with Rhodes, Floyd, and oh mm-hmm. crap, I can't even remember the third one, and I'm blanking. You get a lot of draft. Daniel Hunter, and, maybe I can't. And remember there's plenty the third of one. years for the Vikings where they were a bad team who had high draft picks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we traded it, and we were aggressive and traded with the Seahawks even just to get Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Who but we even so, would be I mean, the guy for there a were future. plenty of years where the Vikings had really high picks mm-hmm. and had a lot of draft picks. That helps. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like that, like Ryan Pace is starting to do that. Give him some time. Yeah, we saw last year that aggressiveness of. I mean, it wasn't a super aggressive move, but it was, hey, let's trade up. Let's get the guy we want. This is the guy I want. I'm going to go get him. Yeah. Yeah. So what it comes down to uh, for this article, and Bears fans are getting anxious, you just got to relax a little bit. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. You just got to relax. That's really what it comes down to. Good thing you didn't spell the word for him. Right. Like A-Rodge did. You just need to calm down. You need to uh, sit here and accept the fact that the team is bad. You know what I and think let is, the team rebuild. You know what's another problem? How bad this Bears team was. Mm-hmm. It's, I think another thing is how bad this Bears team was in the 90s when we were growing up. Yeah. And the thing is, the Bears, what's the one thing through your childhood? I know, what, you're a year young? We're a year apart? Yeah. What was the one thing through our childhood? I'll say our childhood because it's basically the same. That the Bears never had in the 90s. Quarterback. A quarterback. Well, now you have Jay Cutler. And like mm-hmm. I said, it's a guy where it's like, oh, we got a starter. We're happy with the starting quarterback. It's better we're than fans, anything we've had. Where fans are probably like, why aren't we doing good? Why aren't we doing good? We got a quarterback. We got a quarterback. We got a quarterback. Why aren't we doing good? We're yeah. supposed to be doing good. We have a quarterback. And we're not doing good. Doing well. Doing well. Fine. Grammar not You said it there. way too many times but, for me to let it go. I mean, there were flashes with Jay Cutler. The mm-hmm. NFC Championship game, they did get to the playoffs a couple times, but now it's one of those things where I think Ryan Pace is fine. you got to give him at least two more years, see what draft class he can do. Give John Fox one more year. Mm-hmm. Jay Cutler's got to go. Get your own quarterback. Let John Fox mm-hmm. and Ryan Pace find their guy because yeah. Jay Cutler was not their guy. Well, no, he definitely wasn't the guy. He was the guy from uh, two eras ago mm-hmm. uh, of GM, not to mention the amount of uh, you know offensive coordinators and stuff like that that go around. Oh, and you want to know something funny? Hmm. I f- totally forgot that Emmanuel Sanders pick that – you remember that pick that I told you? Yep. That should have been the Bears. You want to know how the Steelers got it? Because of Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler trade. Yeah. Um, so the the thing, though, to, to think about here is you know, you're saying that it's time for Jay Cutler to go, and I do want to – I agree with you on that, but at the same time, 33-year-old quarterback. Let's not get too excited. We know it's time for Jay Cutler to yeah. go. We know we're done with Jay Cutler. But we know we're looking at the kinda, future. You kind of hung on to him a little bit longer than you should have. I don't think we necessarily hung on to him longer than we should have. I don't necessarily think the Bears ever would have been in a position to get a better option. 
is always what it came down to. And unless the team wanted to admit that we were bad mm-hmm. and go ahead and just get a shitty quarterback and tank, uh, it was never going to happen. We were never going to make this work. So I've been saying it jokingly, but I kind of mean it, is we won a game. We don't need to win anymore. Mm-hmm. We're already not going to be 0-16. That's all that matters. Let's get that number one draft pick. Let's fucking take anybody we want. Let's go get the guy. And the funny thing, I fucked up. It wasn't the Emmanuel Sanders. It was the Steelers. That's what I was thinking. Here's how the Jay Cutler thing went down in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Basically, if we look at it from a player standpoint, because the Broncos traded two of the picks away, you basically traded... Robert Ayers to the Broncos for Jay Cutler. Who did the Broncos then give to other teams? Mike Wallace went to the Steelers because he got drafted by him, and Anthony Davis got drafted by the 49ers. In 2009 and 2010, who were the guys drafted immediately after the Bears picks, the two in the two first rounders and the Jay Cutler deal? Jeremy Macklin and Ryan Matthews. Some good stuff. So you guys could have had them, but then who's your quarterback? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I Because I, you have all these weapons, but the Bears still would not have had a quarterback to throw the ball to him. But you could draft a quarterback later, maybe. Things would have been mm, totally different. I don't, we don't know. know. We don't know how it would have played out. How many of those late-round quarterbacks were anybody that well, worthwhile? I'm not I mean, saying that year. I'm we can't saying play like, the game. We I'm can't saying play this like game. in maybe a different year you go after quarterback, and like I said, there's so many loopholes. We're going to leave that, though, for Dave Demoshek in – the NFL.com where he does that NFL stuff. Yeah. So it's just, you know, when it comes down to it, people calm down. It's a long season. Put up with it. Just if you really don't want it, then cancel your game pass or whatever. If you're a Bears fan and you're really sick of it, go do something else with your Sunday. There's plenty of other games you can watch if you're really that unhappy. You can watch the Vikings. They're usually wins. You probably don't want to do that, though. They're usually wins. So probably I mean, don't want to put yourself fe- It's that. a good feeling inside Skull. But uh, uh, is there just, anything you know, else that we missed that we have to add on this chill. Bears talk? Chill the fuck out. <laughs> We're going to put that on his shirt. Mark, Mark, the Mark, at the Mark Weber. Bears fans, semicolon. Chill the fuck out. You got to throw that semicolon <laughs> in there. Is it semicolon or a colon? You're Did good. I say that right? You you wanted a colon, but you, Whatever. you, wanted, you, you always say semicolon when you mean a colon. You guys know what I meant, but that's going to do it. Let, <laughs> let us know down below what you guys think about anything we talked about today. Big Ben and the Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, and then Da Bersh and... Uh, their woes. What's going on in Chicago? Let us know down below. Also, Dak Prescott should start for the Cowboys, oh, God, it's been if you, said. If you guys want to hear us talk about if Tony Romo should be traded, let us know down below. Because you guys almost got to hear yet well. another conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, we, we almost did that today, so let us know if we should do that next week. You can follow us on Twitter. Those are in the description. Go check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash most valuable pod. We just put out about... We backload three Patreon podcasts, August, September, and October, and we're going to have a new November one, one of two. Can I, can I tell them about the little uh, game the we played? The little extra, sure. We played Cards Against Humanity, so that's going to be a good one. So go check out patreon.com backslash most valuable pod to check out some cool rewards to help support the channel more than you guys already do. want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. We will see you guys next week, but as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.